Hello, everybody. You're listening to Animal Wisdom Stories. I'm Miriam Thiel Alberts, and I'm your host for today. We have a lovely guest today, all the way from Montana, and her name is Alicia Evans. And Alicia is an animal communicator, holistic dog trainer, soul relations coach, energy healer, and writer. Hello, Alicia, and welcome Hi. to the show. <laughs> Thank Hi. you so much for having me. How are you today? Um, doing pretty well. It's a Monday. It's Montana. There's a lot of snow. Um, I was just going to say it's that. Beautiful. Uh, and it's a little cold. A little cold and windy. But good. So um, you, you're a holistic dog trainer. And um, when we're talking before, I mean, one thing, I mean, you're, you're training basically dogs and humans that's right isn't it and you you're sort of integrating into your uh coaching maybe you can you can use that word coaching more uh the quantum field um of physics isn't it um so just tell us what what you do basically because you do so many things and um integrating all these different aspects sure so my clients lovingly refer to me as the animal healer, H-E-E-L-E-R. Um, years ago, I had a chocolate lab named Barney, and I think he thought his name was Barney No, it, because <laughs> it was just, it was out of hand trying to walk this dog. So I tried every tool on the planet, um, and I recognized that each tool was actually hurting my dog. And I, I didn't know what else to do. And one day, out of desperation, I had a choke chain on him. I pulled it really hard because I was just so upset at being pulled around for about a year and a half. I made him a promise that I would create a way for dogs and humans to better communicate and to better understand the role of um, you know, walking on leash and healing. Mm -hmm. So 10 years later, I did that with a product called Walk and Sync. And Prior to my inventing walk and sync, I had been studying with a Chinese energy master mm -hmm. and I had been studying Qigong and I had had a lot of acupuncture and I really started to dive very, very deeply into this concept called the Tao. So the Tao basically explains everything as, uh, you know, if you've ever seen the yin and yang symbol, mm -hmm. everything is interconnected. So everything is energy. And everything is interconnected. Well, this, they've been studying this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. In the past probably 60 to 70 years, modern physics has identified a field of energy that we live in called the quantum energy field. And basically what it has done is given actual validity to the Tao because it follows the same awareness. It, it's proven to us that everything is connected. Everything is energy. Whether, you know, we, we learned about in science, right? It's either a solid, liquid, or gas, right? So basically everything is a solid, liquid, or gas, but there is no disconnect. Everything has a relationship to everything else. And so when I had invented this product, I started recognizing immediately how much the energy of the human and the dog were shifting because of the position for the connection for the leash. Mm -hmm. And then recognizing 
whoa, when there's no fear of being like pulled down or yanked or having to like wrap the leash because you're nervous, both energy fields actually started connecting with each other and there was much more vastly improved communication, Mm -hmm. but there was also a ton of relaxation and it just, it would happen in minutes. Like it wasn't, I didn't design it. So it was like, wow, this happens this fast. I basically meditated. I asked spirit, what is the greatest contribution I can be to the animals Mm -hmm. and the people? I was shown the physical product, but then as we started utilizing the product, I was actually shown, whoa, this is kind of like a bit of a magical recipe because the dog understands the signaling on their body. Mm -hmm. It calms the human down so they're breathing more deeply and they feel like they can be more consistent. And what was so beautiful to watch was this wasn't just about the dog learning to heal. Something was happening that was also helping on the human side of the leash because I was watching the humans kind of disrupted, aggravated, angry, frustrated energy field heal and come back into calmness. So um, that's, uh, you know, I have since really been studying the deep connections of what is actually truly taking place, Um, not just verbal commands, but the bigger energy field of like what sometimes animals are stirring up for humans right? um, to take a look at within themselves, in their own relationships, Um, what it is even just to understand to breathe differently when you're interacting with your animal. And so it's continually revealed to me um, these really exquisite connections that happen and take place in the quantum energy field where, you know, if we're seeing where it's out of sync, well, how do we easily get it back in sync? So everybody kind of feels more relaxed (laughs) and lightens up and listening is better, you know, but also communicating is better. So I'm really looking for, you're going to do, uh, take us through a little uh, breathing exercise at the end. So I'm really looking forward to that because I sampled one of your breathing exercises and the change was absolutely you know it was amazing it was it was such a big change um that i i could feel and see in my horse and also in my dog and um i really love having you on the show and talking about dogs you know um i've had a few people talking about a lot of animals but also a lot of uh horses and i feel like there are a lot of people working in 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 the horse world already you know developing different approaches and different um ways to work with with horses and because i just got a um a dog recently i found that the dog world is kind of still chasing behind a little bit because um, the training methods and the approach to uh, dog training is still in some parts very old fashioned. And um, yeah, I was so happy to hear your, your views on, on this connection and, you know, doing something a little bit differently because when we can do it with horses, why can't we do it with dogs? <laughs> well, here's, you know, I love that you asked that question and, it, and it's a really interesting one um, because my sense is that with horse, okay, 
you're on top of a very large animal that can has its own mind, has its own consciousness and awareness, and basically could do whatever it wants. I mean, I know, you know, for me being a horse person as well, I always have to laugh when people think that, you know, because they have the reins, they're in charge. It's like, no, you're lucky your horse is so kind. Mm. Because if a horse wants to run through a bit, a horse is going to run through a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think that people start with, with horses because they sit on top of them. They at some level recognize we have to have relationship, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm asking you to do something with your body. When we look at dogs, because it's a, it's a parallel and we're next to them, I almost feel like on a certain level, horses have been instrumental in giving us a greater awareness, you know, of that connection and of that relationship. But dogs are the ones that live with us every day. Yeah. And horses will mirror back to us our own poop, <laughs> just like dogs. Yeah. But for some reason, um, now is really kind of like the time where just like there's equine facilitated learning and personal growth. I'm introducing the canine side of canine, you know, facilitated learning and personal right, growth right. because I started realizing in the training relationship, you know, we're constantly looking at the dog's behavior. And I kind of sit there and go, au contraire, mon frere. <laughs> what about the energy and the relationship right. and your beliefs on your side of the leash, right? You saw with just the shift in breathing right? Yeah. How it literally harmonized you back into the quantum energy field so quick. And then all of a sudden, that's when your dog started really listening. It wasn't yeah. because of the words that no. you were saying. It was no. because of the energy you dropped into. And this is something that I found so incredibly powerful and beautiful working with my clients because once we're out of like the whole, okay, tell the dog to do this and do it in this way and give the treat here and da, 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 da. that keeps them up here, right? It keeps them in their mental. And I can't tell you how many of my clients have said, you know, I feel like I failed treat training because like I didn't do it at the right time. And, I didn't right. and I was like, let's make this easier. Let's just bring you back into the quantum field. The quantum field is everything. It's, it's our whole entire body. It's not our intellect only right? It's our breathing. It's our gut brain. It's our instincts. It's our physical limbs and form. And it's how we're embodying that connection to that whole field. So when we step out of that field to think that we can just say a word and the dog's going to listen, mm. that's not the field that dogs actually learn in. There's, there, there's a much deeper awareness on their part about what the quantum energy field or the Tao is than on ours, right? We're still learning to kind of come into their world and understand their language in a much fuller way. And I have watched my clients. I mean, it just, it literally, it makes us better leaders. Right. It opens up our brain cap uh, capacity for more awareness and creativity. It's, it's really funny too, because there's the whole the alpha, right, mm -hmm. myth, and so the alpha, it was usually talking about the male and it was anger, aggression, right. dominance, right? And so what I started to understand in working with my female alpha, she's like, oh no, no, 
that's not the way it works. She's like, we only use an energy called fierce when we have to correct behaviors. Mm -hmm. She said, but other than that, what alpha, if you really actually study what the brain state of alpha is, it is calm, it is relaxed, it is clear. It's the one that can pretty much see more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's in charge because she can keep everybody protected. Right? So when taken from that space, and then that's the space that I work with my clients and the dogs in together, then what happens is there's more learning and, and synchronization. There's more everybody getting in sync. Because I, now we're breathing and we're calm right. and we're clear. And we're not feeling like, oh my God, I have to control. It's like, no, you don't have to control. You have to know that you are, are powerful. And then how do you choose to use that power in a way that brings about, you know, the greatest good for all? And do you find that uh, women sometimes have a bigger kind of, it's a bigger challenge. I don't want to say problem because it's a bigger challenge for women to, to step into this leadership position. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the reason why I say that is not because women have any deficiencies. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that look at our history, right? Over thousands and thousands of years, women have been conditioned that we're powerless, that we're worthless, that we're unworthy, that we're not fit to lead, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the same thing with a dog that's got a little bit of a behavior issue. They're a little bit off balance because they're coming from a place of, of not being confident and then they're overcompensating, mm-hmm. right? So as women in many ways, instead of just breathing, naturally dropping into right? What our power is, what our essence is not power over. The power of women is really the power to be able to say enough, like stop that behavior, you know, or enough. We have enough food. We're good. Men don't know how to exactly always self-regulate. And I'm not, I'm not putting men down. I'm not bashing men. I'm just saying, that there needs to be this equal balance. So it's not like women should take power and men should get the hell out of the way. It's just, there has to be women putting down, laying down clear boundaries about behaviors that are no more acceptable. They're not acceptable any longer. Right. And then, then we're on an even playing field where it's like, now we're not coming from compensation. Mm -hmm. We're coming from the authenticity of who we really are. And recognize Yes. And because I think um, having a dog, this is like I had, a, we had a dog when I was uh, a child, but since then I didn't have a dog. Um, I started with a the cat, then the horse came and now the dog. So it's like kind of, you know, <laughs> it's sort of a progression and it's different energies. And I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm learning different things. Yeah. You know, with a dog now, I'm not saying I mastered the other two energies, but I came to to an agreement with these with these mm-hmm. animals. Mm-hmm. And the dog is bringing a completely different energy into my life now, where um, it feels different, and it feels mm-hmm. like, wow, I really need to put down some sort of boundaries, and I really need to say, yes, this is okay, and this is not okay. 
I just want to point out that's really all a boundary is like people hear boundaries sometimes and they freak out because they're like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to be mean or I'm going to, and it's like, not at all. No, not at all. Boundaries do not imply meanness. They imply clarity. Right. I said what I meant. I meant what I said. There's no negotiation. Just, (laughs) this is what we need to do now. Right. That's all. It's simple. What is your take on, you know, some, sometimes what I've experienced in, 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 in dog school is that you need to always, you know, like you always have to do things, you know, in this routine and in a certain way, you know, the dog is never allowed to do this. The dog is never allowed to do that. And I kind of felt I did, it didn't fit with me, you know, this kind of, you must never, ever do this. If you do this, you're ruining your dog for life. You know, if you give them a treat, you're sitting at the table, you give them something to eat. And so, yeah, <laughs> what was your take on that? I mean, I just have to laugh at it. My, okay. my dogs have like, the, so there's a difference between never, ever, and always, and just be consistent right? So when my pup was growing up and, and she's got, you know, some, some wild in her, she's got the kind of energy that she should be taking off. Right. But we have clarity of boundaries. It's like, no, you, you know, we're going to walk on the leash. We're going to be together. And when I see that we're like in sync, okay, cool. You get time off the leash, but if you want your freedom, you got to respect that when I call you back. Yeah. I need you to come so I know I can keep you safe. If we have that understanding together, sort of like, how is it? It's almost like when we learn commands, right? We, we become like militarized right, about right. these commands. I don't have a, a rigidity around it. I just have a clarity and a consistency. There are certain things that I will tell you that I need you to listen to, and it's non-negotiable. There is no... I know that we need to have this in place because I have a bigger picture than you do. Right. And I want to keep you safe. I want you to have a ton of fun, but I got to keep you safe. Right. And you throwing me off balance and making me nervous because you're not listening or I can't trust you or you get hurt, not going to help anybody. No. So it's less of a, you know, when I had my chocolate lab years ago, right? Training was go in the backyard for an hour. Now, back then there were no treats. Okay, back then, if you used a treat, they made okay. you feel like you were going to be struck down by lightning. Okay. So it was like scary, right? You can never use a treat. Well, but then they never taught you how to use energy either. Right. Right? So now all I have is these tools like a choke chain. So I can only choke my dog, put something on his nose, prong him, or use a shock collar, right, to get his attention. But every single one of those is totally disconnected. Right. right. So they told you go in the backyard for an hour and practice your sits and practice your stays and practice your comp. I mean, the dog and I were both bored out of our minds. Right. So what I started learning when I started training my female was, well, why don't we integrate this stuff? So as we're going on a walk, why don't I ask you to sit just because wherever we are, I'm just asking you to sit. Can you do that? And then, you know, from there we would do like a sit and a stay. So we would integrate everything we did. And instead of going in the backyard for an hour, right, right, and drilling the dog, 
it started making sense to me. Think about the way wild moms train their pups. They do it as they go. Gosh. So training is like over a spectrum of 24-7, but it's happening in that moment when something needs to be addressed. There's clear boundaries being set, and the pup learns, and you go about your day, right? So you're only doing about five minutes right. at a time, but it's consistent throughout the day. It's not one hour, and then the rest of the day you forget oh, I'm in charge. Right. Oh, my dog's looking at me to lead them. Now, there's a lot of trainers that will say, dogs are pets, they're not wolves, they're not any dog I have ever met, and I've trained a lot of dogs. They are so happy and so grateful when they get clear leadership with someone who's asking them for something that knows what they want, that knows what to expect, and that expects that they're going to get on board and do it, mm. right? It's very different. So as much as people have said, you know, wolves and dogs are totally different. Dogs aren't supposed to please. Dogs actually want at the fundamental level that same essence of leadership and clarity that a wolf would. And you know, what does that I, make sense? Yeah. And I was thinking about this um, – Clarity, you know, I mean, the difference between horses and um, dogs really is, you know, what you said before, the dog is living with us. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about that, you know, here is the dog that we take the dog from the mother, you know, from that environment, you know, where he's safe because he understands the, the um, behavior, the, the uh, body language and the, you know, and the language. So we bring this dog into our house, into our life, and over a sudden, he is, you know, with like aliens. He doesn't understand our language. He doesn't understand what he's supposed to be doing. He doesn't know what a bed is. He doesn't know what a house is. So we're dropping him into the situation, and he's completely dependent on us. Yes. This is where, where my perception kind of changed because I thought, oh, my God. You know, he's with us here. He's completely dependent on us. You know, that we give him food and we give him shelter and we give him attention and everything that he needs. Um, and I'm worrying about giving him a treat, not or yes, in certain situations. Right. How is this going to change? You know, I need the kindness in a way to understand. This dog is out of his normal, natural kind of, you know, world, and he's learning a new language. I'm learning a new language. And what makes more sense about that relationship? Does it make more sense to understand your dog's language so you can, you learn something new and you can communicate with him more effectively in the way he knows how to communicate? Because think about like if we're humans and we're supposedly really intelligent, doesn't it make more sense for us to learn their natural language instead of inventing our own interesting yeah. language that we say is science-based? And I always say, take away the treat and tell me where your science is because you're not going to get the same responses and the same reaction without that little thing that you're using to manipulate the dog. Okay. People right. say motivate. I'm like, if you have the right energy and the right clarity and the right understanding of your dog, 
you will absolutely motivate your dog. Cause I don't really use treats with my dogs. Yeah. They're totally motivated to do, you know, anything I ask, but we understand each other so well. Right. Yeah. Cause I was willing to learn their language versus the person who's got the dog is asking them to come. The only thing that they have is that treat. And once right. that treat doesn't work because the dog found something more interesting, now they're freaking out. That's not leadership energy. And while I agree with the fact that using treats can make things easier, yeah. I don't think it's appropriate to take a species that it's totally not natural to do this with and manipulate it and then call it science. You're getting results. I'm not going to argue with that whatsoever, right? But are you getting results that really benefit the whole relationship? Yeah. You know, that's, that's where I've sort of started digging into that quantum field and understanding, wow, wow. There are so many more things happening on so many levels that science can't yet read because it can't read energy. Dr. Oz once said, he said, you know, the next frontier of medicine is really understanding how much energy plays a role in everything. So. And on this note, I don't know if it fits or not, but um, I did an animal wisdom message with one of your animals, with oh. Ayana. Yeah. And um, you sent me a picture and I connected with her and I asked her what she wanted to share with us mm -hmm. today. And the interesting thing is that this is actually very much what we're talking about um, at the moment. So where do you think I learned it from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. She, she put it into words again for us here. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I asked Ayana, what would you like to share with us today? And this is what she said. She said, we animals see you. No, we animals see with our heart and soul. And even with our eyes closed, we can see you. We feel you and we connect with you to experience the beautiful inner side of you and every sentient being. And we love being seen. Being seen is the key to self-love, healing and growing. Mm -hmm. If you want to do something nice for your animal, see them with your heart. Sense them and connect to their unique energy. That is so much more than receiving food or material things from you. By connecting to each other, we all spread a little love around the world. So this is... That's so my girl. <laughs> But it's just... And I mean, I'm surprised she said as much as she did because she's not a huge talker. Okay. But I love that she brought that through. I love that she brought, I was, I stopped by, um, I was in Salt Lake City a couple days ago. I stopped by a training facility and there was a, a trainer working with somebody uh, and their dog in, in the center space. And it was so interesting. Like when I saw the little dog, you know, he's kind of flitting here, flitting there. And when I looked at him and he looked at me, he was like, you get me? You hear me, right and I was like of course I do and it was so I had to step back for a minute because I was like oh wow they're talking about you they're they're not talking with you yeah and it was so 
I've been doing this for 25 years, you know, probably longer because I've, it was natural as a kid, but I just didn't know what I was doing. And it was so poignant in that moment because I was like, Oh my God, that's what we do with so much of training. Mm. We, we are looking for behaviors and activities and thinking that we're the leader when we get those versus being the leader that sees the soul of the being who we're with and continuously being in relationship and connection to this being as well, not just with what our agenda is, so that they are fully seen. So we have a really full soul-based relationship. You know, I look at leadership on the planet when it's, we got a very big spectrum, <laughs> right, of what's yeah. going on. But, but whether you're on supposedly the light side of it or the dark side of it, I'm like, but if you're not including animals and the earth in every single aspect of your leadership, then leadership still is not fully conscious. Right, because it can't just be human-based consciousness. We don't know right. enough. Right. And when we look at the planet, it's like this is why we're destroying so much stuff, even when we're trying to do good stuff. So to me, I always look at leadership has to come from within. Yeah. It has to be connected to our natural instincts. So on a level, it is primal, right? We're all animals, so we yeah. have to be in our animal body. And there's such a huge new like leap we're really ready to take, you know? And I I wouldn't say it's forward. I always see everything as a circle because in in Native American culture and even in the Taoist culture, everything's a circle. So I don't think we're taking this quantum leap like, oh, this is so new and this is so original. This is what it's always been. We're just getting back to it in a conscious way you know native american peoples tribal peoples they grew up their kids and so it's just that was the way they grew up we you know a lot in the white world have gotten so separated from stuff now we always have to return to what's the creator's ultimate truth right and that's where i think the animals are are bringing us now you know the next thing is not artificial intelligence we don't need artificial intelligence we need authentic intelligence right and um i you know i i completely agree with that that we need to include the the animals and we need to um we are not alone and you know sort of moving on from this dominating you know um animals and nature to um, I mean, you're an animal communicator and you know and you've experienced that animals have consciousness and animals oh, have wisdom and animals <sighs> want to help us and want to support yeah. our growth, you know. Yeah. And it's it's kind of sometimes when you look at that, you think like this is so um, perverse, you know. It's like completely... It's backwards. Different. Yeah. It's backwards. What you, well, we've been told, well, you know. Yeah. Well, that's taught is, is the operative word. Okay. We are educated in, in our modern world. We're educated to our intellect. 
But the thing that we have to understand, and this was so brilliant that I understood from Chinese medicine and from the animals. And remember too, all of Chinese medicine, all of Ayurveda, I mean, it's, I don't know about Ayurveda, but all of Chinese medicine was based on studying the animals. That's how they developed the system. Okay, I didn't know that. But what, what they talk about is that this intellectual brain is not the first brain. The gut brain is yeah. actually the first brain. The gut brain is what takes in the raw data. That data then gets processed, goes up to the brain. The brain was only designed to be the architect of how do you create what you've experienced or what you need to create. When you try to put so much information through the brain, mm. it's not capable. The brain can't feel. Only the body can feel. Mm. This is what I learned from the animals. Is they said, this is where your egos get started. Yeah. Yeah. You're in your brain. Uh, you're in your body. You're experiencing way too much energy. You, 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 you know, somebody yells at you. You get abused. Something happens. And then all of a sudden, there's too much pain in the body. So then instinctively, the brain just kind of goes, oh, come up here. I'll keep you safe. Right. But then the problem is, then we stay stuck up here thinking right. our learning's up here. You know, neuroscience is very interesting. They're doing a lot of work of understanding the chemicals and the reactions that happen in the brain and how things work. But the thing is, neuroscience is never going to fully get it until they study the gut. Right. The Chinese have known this for thousands and thousands of years. So like I said, really what science is doing, it's giving validity but it's got to be able to see the whole big picture. So I think we're better off with physics because it's going to show us the bigger picture. Right. Biology and chemistry sciences are going to break things apart into these little pieces, which is why you'll see one year, oh, this is what the science just revealed. And then the next year it's like, well, we missed something. That's why I loved studying the Tao because what the Tao does, what the Tao is, it's everything right? It's that quantum field of energy and it's intelligence. So when we start tapping, when we get back into our gut, okay, and this is where I really think we should be leading from. That's why it's so important to study with the animals, right? Because they're really the primary ones that know how to go from gut. Doesn't mean we become uncivilized. It just means we get back to listening and trusting our gut. But what happens is we get ourselves back into right relationship with nature. So science doesn't tell you something and you go, oh, okay, that's true. Science may tell you something and you go, but how does that feel? Mm. Because you know in your gut, you know what feels right and what feels off. Science is kind of uh, taking away our common sense to think for ourselves, to feel for ourselves, to be safe in our own bodies, to trust ourselves. To me, that's authentic leadership. And this is that's what, what animals, I teach. This is what the animals, where the animals come in. Yeah. Um, because this is what, what they've been teaching me and they've been sort of uh, supporting me with is yeah. um, helping me feel. Helping me feel. And it's like on different levels. Yeah. Um, the connection, but also just how does it feel to be close to a horse? or exactly. a dog um, or to and, be with another being with an open heart yeah and trusting yeah 
right? I mean, oftentimes, and I'm sure you notice this too, oftentimes people will say, I feel closer to my animals than any other being on the planet. Yeah. Think about it. They're non-judgmental. Right. They won't criticize you. They will look at you like, you sure? You might want to think about that again, right? <laughs> they do make us question ourselves, but, but if we really come into, yeah, no, I know what I said and I said what I meant, then all of a sudden they go, cool, I can, I can relate to that. I can right. respect that, right? So, I mean, they really, to me, they're some of the most conscious, enlightened gurus on the planet. Yeah. And they're with us all the time. They're with us all the time, constantly supporting us in a field of unconditional love. Yeah. That's why it's, you know, we can be like the good, the bad, and the ugly of ourselves. We're not going to get judged. We're going to get loved anyway. We love them back. And, you know, they're loyal, they're loving, and who could ask for more out of a guru? So now I'm a little bit curious. In your experience, what happens when you, um, you know, support, say a woman, because it's more challenging for some women or for a lot of women, um, or a human into this authentic leadership, what mm -hmm. happens in their life? You know, I mean, we talked okay. about sort of what happens in the relationship with the animal, um, or especially the dog who likes the boundaries because, oh, I understand boundaries. I understand this language that you, you, you're communicating. And, um, so what happens in the life of a human when they step into this authentic leadership, it's actually really beautiful. Um, one, most of my clients start to look 15 to 20 years younger. Okay. Literally, um, you know, from the time they take some of my classes or from the time we start working together till, till we're finished. Um, because they've taken so much weight off of themselves, like emotionally, psychologically, uh, the, the old beliefs that they used to hold, it's like a whole new infusion of energy comes back in because they can trust themselves. You know, one of the things I also do is I work with women in the leadership pieces. We're looking at were there certain things that they've still been holding on to from the mm -hmm. past mm -hmm. that are actually clouding the moment. And so, you know, sometimes their dogs beautifully and lovingly and perfectly like trigger that exact moment and okay. instead of looking at the dog's behavior we start asking questions hey what's actually happening with you yeah. and I take them through a, a process and um it's amazing I mean their confidence increases their joy increases their income increases their wow. awareness <laughs> of themselves you know it it increases and it multiplies out because a lot of the times people won't seek out the help for themselves, right. you know, but somehow with their dogs and when they're having a problem with their animal, their horse, their cat, their bird, all of a sudden now they're in this very vulnerable space and they think it's about the animal, right. but then they're really grateful. They're like, wow, I never would have seen that. And it's very, very interesting to me because when they do get to that point where they get it, they're conscious of it. They sometimes they cry, they release it. The behavior in the animal changes almost immediately because now there's no need for that behavior, right? The, the, the person has gotten back to their confidence, their connection, their awareness of themselves. They're not putting themselves down anymore. They're letting their energy flow 
-hmm. in a healthy way that is not dominating, but it is protective. It is clear. It is creative. It is knowing. And it's not like you're being a bitch, right? It's, (laughs) oh, oh, yeah, I am. I can be assertive. I do know my yeses and my noes. I do know that when I say this, I do mean that. You know, so it gives them a sense of clarity and consistency and reconnection to their own natural power. For a lot of us, and we're seeing this with the Me Too movement, there's been a lot of abuse, okay? Whether it was physical, verbal, sexual, emotional, psychological, there has been a lot of abuse and we have been traumatized. And when we're traumatized, we cut off from our natural leadership. And then we continue to override our instincts. So what I see happening with my clients is that they really get reconnected with their own natural instincts. So now they're not having to override it. They're actually just living it and being it. And there's no more fear that they can't stand in their own power to make the healthiest choices for themselves. And it's, you know, this... It's an interesting thing. And so um, my work has been chronicled in a book. It was the inspiration for a book called Mm -hmm. Soul Dog, The Spiritual Lives of Animals. The author is a six-time award-winning Emmy producer and director. She contacted me because three different vets said her dog would never walk again properly. He had degenerative myelopathy. I had worked with a friend of hers. He got her in touch with me. We connected, connected with the poodle. He said, Three sessions, you're going to help me heal. Okay. So I said, look, you know, we try it. I'm in Colorado. You're in New York. I know that this quantum field, it's possible for anything to happen. This is my specialty. Let's see what we do. Mm -hmm. Well, not only did her dog walk again, and he was great for the next five years. So now instead of her producing things about animal communicators and, okay, that's good for everybody else, but this was her miracle, right? Like how? How is this even possible? Because of that, that became the impetus for her and her career to write this book and share what's really <laughs> what's really possible. Um, you know, with that the, the science of what we're doing yeah. with animal communication and healing, and that there is this quantum field of energy. So it's beautiful because here's a woman who had this experience. She wasn't sure, do I, don't I? And she went ahead and channeled all this information into a book that's now going to be probably read by millions of people. It's going to change the perception and perspective and give way more validity from a scientific basis to actually what we do and how we work in the quantum field, Yeah. right? So that's that whole, like, as she started to unleash her natural leadership skills, right? She had her experience with it. She couldn't deny it. And she said, there's something really big to this. So this is where animals want to come in and really be of service to us to be the great leaders that we came here to be. That is actually, I think it's a beautiful story. And I think it's, it's, it's so nice to, to, on so many different levels. It's so nice to, um, to hear that, you know, this healing has helped the dog. That's the first thing. But it's right. so nice to, to bring that message out there. And it's so nice to, to recognize that animals want to help us and animals want to support us in our 
sort of finding our own voice and finding our own path. And this is what I find, you know, with working with animals and being with animals is you become more clear. You, you, um, with animals, you don't need to have that extra layer of protection, that extra, um, you know, I don't yeah. know if, if, if I can trust you. Um, yeah. It's funny because we clean up our animals' poop all the time, right? <laughs> with our horses, with our cats, with our dogs. So, I mean, I've had to find a way to sort of make some of this funny too, really, because it's, it's kind of like therapy with your dog, but it's very physiologically based. It's like we clear the emotional, then we get back into the physical basis of training, which is almost like yoga or tai chi. I mean, I have more of a qigong tai chi background but i help my clients then physically make those changes in their right. physiology working with their animals so it's very cute because you know as the animal healer i go oh i help heal both sides of the leash right but just remember sometimes we're having to pick up our own poop now also we're having to clear our own crap yeah from the past so that we can really be fully present. And that's where I think our animals are bringing us. Yeah. They're bringing us into the present. What's the truth now? What do you choose now? Who are you now? It's all about presence. And as soon as you did that thing with your dog and you shifted the breathing yeah. and you came into your full presence because you came into your body, your dog just went, okay, I can respect that. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't because you dominated him. You just shifted your breath. You know, it was um, when we talked and you um, sort of told me this, this breathing exercise. Um, I realized when I was writing that evening, I realized that I was holding my breath. And I was sort of, this is something that I had done, you know, many years um, before. And I remember that that feeling. So, um, yeah. So I didn't know I was doing it, and I was holding on to the, to the breath, and yes. I was up up here in my in my lungs. So, when do you I was, know what's interesting about that? And I didn't realize this till the horses told me, and also till the dogs okay. told me about the breathing. Yeah. They said the horses came in and said, "Do you realize how many people are actually afraid to ride?" I said, what do you mean? They said, people, they don't realize it. It's highly functional, but most people are actually afraid of us. Yeah. And it was just such an eye-opener, right? Because I'm looking at people that can ride and ride well and jump things and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, you can't be afraid. And the same thing with the dogs. We, yeah. we get into a place of fear of like, oh my God, can I control the dog? Can I not? So they're bringing up for us these places where we've been living up yeah. here and we have to really relax into that actual connection that we have with them. Not the connection that somebody else taught us about them, yeah. but what our truth is. I mean, it's just, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was no, like, no, no. that is such a powerful one that most people do not even think about. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it's a pretty high percentage. It's probably somewhere yeah. between 87 to 92% of equestrians do I, not realize that they actually have a subconscious fear. I, and, am, and, I am completely with you <laughs> on yeah. this one because I worked and I lived at a um, horse farm for three years. And 
just observing people oh, in the horse world, you know, not just that. There were, there were situations where people either said it consciously or they were kind of showing that, that they were nervous, that they were fearful, that they were afraid. Uh, and, you know, most I, people hide that too, right? Like the overcompensation. I've got this. I can, and it's like, yeah, but where's your relationship with your horse? Yeah. yeah. Right. We talk about the animals' behaviors, but I think it's time we actually start understanding yeah. our human behaviors, because that's also not calm, effective leadership, right? That's so when, when, yeah, this is not. I mean, obviously not. But so when you, um, when you coach. A couple, you know, a human animal couple. Um, how do you connect those two? How do you help them getting into the quantum field energy or energy field? <laughs> if I told you it was so simple and that it's right under your nose, would you believe me? Is that the breath? Are we talking? <laughs> no, I believe you now. It, it's literally, it's like, it is the one thing that will get that will disconnect you or reconnect you to that quantum field in seconds. And it's not a mental process. Do you know what I mean? The mental process is okay, here's step A, here's step B, here's step C. All of those are wonderful because my Chinese doctor used to tell us, he said, I teach you Qigong as a technique, but the whole point is you keep practicing till you transcend the technique till your breath and your movement become one, that it's no longer a technique, you've embodied it. So breathing is one thing that the creator gave us, that it, that's how we connect with the quantum field. Anytime we disconnect, it's literally because of our breath, not necessarily because of our brain. When we stop breathing, we're not thinking. When I have my clients breathe, and then I'm asking them certain questions while they're breathing. The first thing that they want to do to answer the question, they stop breathing and they go up into their head to think about right. it. And I say, no, 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 no. Keep your breathing flowing. And don't tell me what your mind thinks. Tell me what your body knows. Because your body was there. The mind can create different traps and create different labyrinths to protect us. The mind can also open up and be a great vessel of flow and creativity, but it literally depends on how we're breathing. And uh, whether it's a human or an animal, what I have discovered is you will never fully take in a concept if you haven't taken a deep breath before it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, okay, got it, got it, got it. But till you go... <sighs> you don't actually get it. Does that make sense? So you got it as an intellectual concept, but you didn't get it to the yeah. embodied. When it gets embodied, it's like that's when we don't even have to think about it anymore, right? We just flow with it. Like it's already in our toolbox. We don't have to keep bringing it up. That's what I was saying before about the quantum field and the intelligence. So much of what I have learned over the past 20 years has literally been a result of what I have learned directly from the animals and the wisdom of the quantum field. Yeah. 
it's been mind blowing. And I'm like, I didn't read that in a book. They're like, yeah, but this information's available to everybody. We just have to tap it. So do you want to do a little breathing to close I was us just out gonna, and help Yeah, I was just going to say, um, why not try this? Um, okay. Super what, simple. What, what I'm going to uh, do now is we're closing down the sort of the talking part. Mm -hmm. And if you're driving and listening to us at the moment, Please just give me one second because I saw that my phone is not charging properly. Okay. You keep talking. Just give me one second. I apologize. No problem. Um, so, dear listeners, you're listening to Animal Wisdom Stories. And what we're doing now, we're going to take you to a little breathing exercise. So, if you are driving or doing something that needs your attention, come back to this little uh, breathing exercise later on so um yeah so that you can have the full attention and everything so we're just waiting for the technical stuff to be resolved here and um i will just wait for one second here so yeah so we we um we're going to take you through this very simple breathing exercise i have actually tried this and uh, what I was sort of talking about a little bit earlier is the change in my horse and the change in my dog after doing this breathing exercise was actually amazing. I was riding, uh, I was having a dressage lesson and the, the trainer, she was like, what is happening with your horse? What is different today? And the horse was just following me without me actually having to give him any, and there's Alicia back, <laughs> without me having to give him any um, signs. I was just giving him cues, mental cues. I'm just talking about the, um, what happened when I did the breathing exercise with yeah. my horse. And the same thing happened with the dog, that I didn't need um, the cues. I didn't need the, um, yeah, the, the words and, and the treats or whatever but I was sending the pictures and the dog responded to that. So there was a different connection. There was a different um, communication going on. Yes. And that literally is what the breath does. It communicates information on an energetic level. Science, I think, has some ways of somehow um, studying some of this. But this is really what we need to start diving into. As humans, we use words, right? Mm. But we're the only species that actually uses words. And there's a lot more species than us on the planet, right? right? right. So it's an interesting thing because we find ourselves or we tout ourselves as the most civilized, the right. most advanced. It's interesting how much more we learn when we're in silence. Hmm. Then when we're in speaking, right? So we're going to stop talking now <laughs> when we're in silence. So what I want to do now is, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're it was so welcome. It was so nice. It was so inspiring, and it was so, um, you know, especially for me was having this new dog and going through this process at the moment. Um, you know, sort of getting some input, getting some some different views, some different perspective on that. So 
Thank you so much for that. Um, Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And for people that want to follow your work, mm -hmm. uh, where can they find you? So uh, right now I've got three different websites. If you need training or training tools, visit www.walkinsync and it's w-a-l-k-i-n-s-y-n-c.com for sessions or healing or uh, behavior issues or training contact me at animal healer and that's h-e-e-l-e-r.com and if you're looking for a really in-depth experience with leadership i also have a website based on my work with um, the female wolves and understanding behaviors mm -hmm. on an energetic level directly from them and that's the white wolf way.com so that is you know it's the whole package basically so um that is wonderful so i want to thank you again i want to thank you yeah. dog ayana that was a beautiful yeah. message and if you are able i'd love for you to send me that message I, it's yes. so yeah i will do so that. her i will yeah. do that so should we teach people how to breathe should we yeah, leave you in a calm breathing state that will be nice i just want to say okay. thank you for the lovely music that is to paul luftenegger who uh supplied the music for the beginning yeah. of the show so um yes let's do the breathing okay. exercise okay so just plant your feet solid on the floor knees hip width apart just kind of check in with your shoulders are your shoulders in front of your hips are they behind your hips or are they kind of like right over your hips? You're sort of sitting up a little bit on your sit bones. And what it's doing is it's actually just kind of lengthening your torso a little bit, like sort of as if there was a silver string um, attached to the top of your head. Your jaw's relaxed. Your the tongue is relaxed to the bottom of your mouth and your shoulders are soft. Just take one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest, and just take a breath in and just notice. Which hand do you breathe into first, chest or belly? So just to note, when we breathe into our chest, we're breathing into our sympathetic nervous system. That actually activates fight or flight and, or, or freeze, but it keeps us in a heightened state of awareness, almost as if the body's on alert. If we're breathing into the belly, we're breathing into the parasympathetic nervous system a little more deeply. That activates calm, relaxation, and peace. So what we're going to do is just simply breathe in through your nose. And you're going to let that breath go directly down to your belly, filling up and expanding your belly. And then letting it rise gently into your ribs and into your chest. And as you exhale, just send your lower belly towards your lower back like you are pushing the air back up through the body and out the nose. So as you inhale, fill up your belly, expand into your ribs and your chest. And as you exhale, just send your belly towards your low back. Ribs gently knit together, chest softens and relaxes. And the mind, anything we had running around in the mind, sort of just starts to come out on the exhale. So just close your eyes for a sec, and you're breathing in through your belly, filling up your ribs and your chest. 
And as you exhale, send your belly towards your low back, ribs gently knit together, chest softens. So we're gonna continue with that and all I want you to do is just see if you can have the same amount of air that you're taking in is the same amount that you're breathing out. So we establish a balance and an evenness to the breath. So the body's taking in oxygen when you breathe in, filling up your belly, your ribs, and your chest. And your body is exhaling carbon dioxide as you send your belly towards your low back, ribs knit together, chest softens. Humans need oxygen when they breathe in, which is what the trees give us. And the trees need carbon dioxide, which is what we give them when we breathe out. And what this breathing does is it simply allows us to be calm and clear, relaxed in our gut brain. And then we're able to speak clearly what we would like to architect and what we would like to manifest. But when we are in this calm breathing state, this is actually um, what activates the alpha brainwave state. So imagine that alpha was not angry or aggressive, but it was calm and clear and creative. Would you be willing to walk around all day in a calm and clear and creative state that is simply accessed just by this breath? Okay, now as you're opening your eyes, don't lose your breathing. Because a lot of the times we'll go in and then we open our eyes and we're like, oh, well, I'm back there. So I, I have to function the way I've always functioned. And it's like, nope. What if you could open your eyes slowly, stay connected with that breathing, and start integrating that breathing into when your eyes are open? doesn't take much effort, doesn't take much energy, actually conserves energy, lets you stay out of like mind confusion or uncertainty, and lets you really, when, they, when they're that saying, like go with the flow, mm -hmm. this is what's meant. This is actually how you get there, how you go with the flow, just by getting your breathing flowing easily and naturally. It's already activating the pineal gland in the brain. So that's how we stay connected to the quantum field. That's when we can be communicating with our animals through pictures and through feeling energy without even having to, having to say a word. This is so beautiful. Thank you so Yay. much, Alicia. This is, this is so really nice. Um, awesome. I really enjoyed this. You know, I was following you. And it's great too for your health. So it's just, it works amazingly with our animals. But if we practice this type of breathing, we stay healthy. So I, I'm, I'm, I really, I really do believe in this now. And I will continue doing this with my, with my animals. Awesome. So uh, thank you so much for this.
This was lovely. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to continuing talking to you and uh, finding out more about the connection with the animals. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. Bye.